You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. It turns out Pluto is just like Goofy. He's just mute. And that's why he's got a collar around his fucking neck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. And welcome to this week's episode of the Couch bro It's just a theory. <laughs> that they slit his throat so he couldn't speak about his master Mickey. It's just a theory. A film theory. Not Thanks anymore. for watching. Not anymore. <laughs> Uh, I'm Alex. Uh, Chris. <laughs> I'm Chris. <Orson>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, last week's episode was fun, man. Your your cousin was a good chat. He's now oh, in yeah. the, he's in the Discord now too and everything. Yeah, so. I got a, uh, I got something planned for him. Something big for the D and D style Ooh. episode. A big uh, round table of players. Excellent. So yeah. Robert will be part of that. Yeah, uh, we've we're gonna knock out some of the stuff after I get my home set up set up <laughs> but uh yep, because um we're gonna be utilizing the uh the big game board that's uh, over here yeah later on uh this will be an interview for some uh, actual D players trying to get into their kind of point of view of how the game is played uh kind of going back to an old callback episode we did about you know how people are playing online together now you know just kind of get their kind of vibe about it and uh, i'm really excited because I, I did play if uh a round or two D D with these people, uh, but this also may be an on the road episode. I may be going to Pittsburgh to see some of these Ooh. people. We'll get across that bridge when we get to it. That sounds fun, man. Oh yeah, <clears throat> excellent. Yeah, no, um, it's been pretty fun because I've been getting a little bit more of the video content going today. Uh, if you guys noticed, we actually had a pre-show on YouTube today because we had an awesome care package sent in to us by Dustin. But thank you so much again really for that, brother. Yeah. Like, blew me the fuck away. Uh, We did get that in. uh, As the card wanted to make sure we got that in before the New Year's, we did get it in. Um, The episode we recorded before this, I had it in the kitchen, however, with Robert being here. Figured it was just more, kind of focus on him, you know, make sure it's, you know, focused on that. But today, it's just the two of us. We can make it. We turn. I was, I was rocking with it, and yeah. So we finally filmed everything, and I am just one of the things that made me so happy about it. So the reason I didn't unbox everything and put it in the fridge and like you know get it ready is because Dustin the entire time was just like you know I put little Easter eggs in there, you know little jokes, little you know things. He goes, you know, so kind of keep that in mind. And I was like, okay, cool, and. I knew that he was going to be sending alcohol type things again, but as soon as I opened the top of the box, I saw that Betty Crocker label and I just started cackling (laughs) and I'm like, okay, no, no, I'm not going to spoil the surprise. So that's why we wound up doing a full unboxing, but I'm glad we did that because he packaged that shit so well. It was like digging into uh, those, um, kinder egg things where it's like you don't yeah. know what the fuck you're gonna get <laughs> oh shit a pikachu <laughs> you said that like the most southern mom ever hey honey look look it's a it's a pikachu <laughs> I'll, I'll be goddamn 
Oh, 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 keep that out the video. No, no need that on the Christmas video. I said stop recording. <laughs> and we decided off air that the first one we were going to try tonight, because Chris is not in the mood for a lot of heavy drinking, neither am I. So we're actually going to split one of the ones that we only had a single of and kind of raise my eyebrow the most. This is going to be the Appalachian Sippin' Cream Banana Pudding. Now, my question How is... How is pudding spelled on the bottle? It is spelled P-U-D-D-I-N-G. Oh, not a po- I in apostrophe? No, not an I in apostrophe. Now, my question is, so it says sipping cream. Can, like, Do you mix this kind of thing with anything? No, not, from what I understand, the, the old, old Smokies are just straight up. Yeah. yeah so it's probably just like a shot. All it right. looks like a double. Well, Chris, do the honor, sir. Have, have first sip, see what we think here, because again, banana pudding—that like a coffee liqueur a little it bit. It does, which also made me think. I'm like, I wonder what that would be like in a coffee. Oh fuck, that is banana pudding. No, that, no that's fucking banana pudding with alcohol in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pudding apostrophe. <laughs> Um, Chris is like, this is mislabeled. No, this tastes exactly like a banana pudding I would make. Like, I'm serious. Like, take, no, finish that before I do. <laughs> I think Chris has found his new favorite alcohol. Mm-mm. Holy fuck. That tastes exactly like banana pudding. Holy fuck. They've synthesized it down through science. Holy shit, dude. All right, I'm going to take one more sip and you can have the rest. Mm. Mm. God damn. That is amazing. Watch this, I'll be arsenic. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. Mm. How's it with the Coke? <laughs> Honestly? Not bad, right? That kind of worked. Right? <laughs> that kind of worked as a chaser. <laughs> Goddamn. Bravo. We have Old Smoky down here, but mm-hmm. I don't think this is an Old Smoky. This is something else. That's an Appalachian. Yeah. Goddamn. Because I've had peanut butter whiskey mm-hmm. and pecan pie whiskey. And this is better than both because yeah. it's a cream. It is a cream, but who Dustin knocked it out of the park with you this one, out buddy? You taste it. <laughs> this this makes up for the uh, oh, it coats the teeth. The, this this makes up for the uh, the grapefruit flavored uh, <laughs> bullshit we had last year. <laughs> Chris is tonguing the bottle. <laughs> mm. Mm. Makes you want to. Stip a spoon in that motherfucker. All press. right. Well, if this fucking guy can get <laughs> um, Lua would be the jam. And right. I hate and coffee too. Well, double if, espresso. if this fucking guy can get um, <laughs> their whiskey company to sponsor them, let's pop a couple other man. Fuck it, let's go. Okay? <laughs> Chris is ready to wake, rock. Wake her fuck up. Let's get this shit going. We got some hot sauce too. Shit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's get lit and forget about work. <laughs> So, uh, that as well. So, um, I have finally, after all this time, after all this threatening, I have finally ordered stickers. <laughs> the, the easiest, most simple merch item possible. And I have not made stickers in years, bro. Yeah. I don't know what was wrong with me. It They're expensive, though. It, 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 they used to be a lot more expensive than they are now, yeah. which is kind of what stopped me from doing it before, because the uh, the last major stickers I purchased were those that you see on the back of the folding chairs, the fill-ins with the red lightning bolt behind yeah, I it. I got one. That was the last major stickers I ordered, and I ordered, like, I think 500 of those bitches, and the reason being 
is that is screen pressed vinyl. Yeah. So it's like the same thing that's like on your shirt mm-hmm. that was done to that vinyl sticker. So it's like it is never going to fade. It is weatherproof. It is there forever yeah. type deal. However, that is also an expensive process. It's worth it. Yeah. They're very nice, but it's an expensive process. And back in the day, old stickers that were like cheap you could buy online were like the paper ones. And then it'd be like paper laminated. And it's like, and it was absolute bullshit. Um, during this whole Fiend Media Club thing, one of the guys I've kind of reconnected with, he's a big sticker maker. He loves making stickers because he has like his own web shop and about maybe once every other week, he'll just think of a goofy sticker design, order like 25 or 50 of them. And then when people place orders, he'll do like a grab bag of like all the little goofy sticker designs he has and send them with it. And he sent me a handful. They're like fucking good quality now. Like I was impressed and it's sticker mule. Maybe they'll sponsor this too. <laughs> so, uh, I've really got kick you in the teeth. Huh? <laughs> Dude, I actually found out there's a manufacturing plant of theirs in South Carolina. Gaffney, South Carolina. Let's go hick it up down in Gaffney for a little bit. Hey, they're, they're, they're looking for a uh, machine coordinator. Take a picture of the peach oil. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to have some new stickers in. I finally got uh, some Something Good Network and uh, Something Good For You stickers. Uh, one to test the quality. Each one of those was kind of have like a different level of detail to them. So those look really nice. So the next round, I'm going to wind up getting some This Fucking Guy and some Couch Brotato ones for this show as well. And then once I get them all together, I'm going to sell them a, or have sticker packs. S- sell might be a bit of a, a reach there. It might be a uh, send me five bucks and I'll send you a little pack of, uh, a pack of stickers and I'll basically cover shipping and yeah. a couple dollars. So s- sell in quotation marks. Uh, some sticker packs for five bucks will be available. I feel yeah. that's pretty reasonable. So next yeah, next we'll do buttons and uh, puzzles. Buttons will be on the puppets. way. I'll have some button packs. Waiting for the puppets <laughs> and puppets of us. <laughs> Stick your hand all the way up there. So th- one of the podcasts I listened to, uh, tell them Steve, Dave, they actually did that. Um, puppets, yes, hell yeah. They uh, they have a whole DVD called Tell Them Steve Dave Puppet Theater in which um, they took best of clips from the podcast mm. and recreated it with puppets. puppets. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's kind of like how uh, Dimension 20, a lot of fans do the uh, uh, D20 animated. Yep. And those are those are always fantastic. Because it's just like out of context, you don't really know what you're listening to. And it's like, no, this is a round table of people playing D&D and it's fucking perfect. I'm just waiting for the point that like us or like this fucking guy get good enough to where someone starts making fan edits of us. That'd be it'll, awesome. It'll be uh, explicit. A, long content, a lot time. of a lot of explicit content, <laughs> especially on that last episode of this fucking guy with me and Dante and Mikey. Oh yeah, some of those conversations probably shouldn't be animated <laughs> or available or to available. listen to. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the problem. Is like I kind of told them, I'm like, you're up. I'm leaving you up to your own devices on this. I said, you know, the, the thoughts and opinions of this fucking guy is that of your own. You know, you're adults. You can handle this bullshit. 
I've not listened to like the last six or seven episodes oh, they've done. They're still good. Um, <laughs> oh, I know they're still good. I, but at I, the I same do. time, I have not vetted in the last uh, in <laughs> the, the content in their last episode uh, before the, they're with uh, Fireball. Um, I was on. I did. I got critical with them on their show. So check that out. Listen to listen to my critique of their uh, podcast. And absolutely, we actually had, I had a set downtown, and uh, we were talking about how many shows, how many how many different shows we've all appear on. Mm-hmm. And if I did, I appeared on a No Time to Turn right with the when y'all watched the movie because y'all had me sitting down with y'all on that one, didn't I? Uh, you didn't do a full sit down, but uh, at the very end of the episode, you you had come in, and we were like, "Oh yeah, we're talking about Kiss Me Some Phantom Park," and you're like, "That dumb fucking movie." <laughs> So I have appeared on every fucking show. <laughs> yes, I had yes. To think about it for a your, your voice did appear on No Time to Turn I, for a I moment. I am the face of the show. <laughs> God damn it! You make me a puppet. I well, spelt puppet. Well, see, and that's the fun thing about these uh, the sticker company too is they offer the kiss cut stickers, yeah. which is like the die cut, but yeah. basically, which means. I can make stickers of your fucking head. Nope. From from uh, David's uh, animation yeah. drawing, the Hank Hill head. Yeah. I can make stickers of that, and then I can make stickers of my head. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I can get that sticker's gonna be worthless when I got a full face tattoo. <laughs> oh, we'll update it. Yeah, we we'll will update it. it. Are you just in here with the pen, just trying to be like, I can't get the spider right. <laughs> Is it his left cheek or right cheek? It just makes sense. Oh man, and. uh Something else that wound up happening. Uh, I have not been able to open my mouth without someone getting fucking pissed off at me. It happens to me all the time, man. Well, it's been happening to me more lately because I've decided that 2024 was the year that I'm not staying out of the fucking bullshit. I'm yeah. not staying out of the crap. I did that for years. You mm-hmm. saw the transition. You saw the shit stir, Alex. And then years of just letting it ride, water off a duck's back, not a problem in the world. Fuck all that bullshit. It don't work. It didn't work. Um, it, it has only made me more stressed and annoyed, and nothing positive has come from it. Mm-hmm. Period. So... <laughs> I don't know why, why this is what kicked it off, but I had made a post saying that, uh, it just being annoyed, seeing all the posts saying one, two, three, one, two, three, that's the last time we're going to see this, you know, in our lifetimes. Yeah. I was seeing that shit all the way up into fucking new year's day. And I was just, I was annoyed. So I made a goofy post. I said, tonight is 010124. That's the only time in our lifetime we're ever going to see that. Her, 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 her. And a few people are joking along, having a laugh. You know, I'm, I'm replying back, you know, my day in review is coming in a few days. You know, all this funny stuff. In comes this motherfucker named Tom O'Keefe. Tom O'Keefe is a failed bass player for Annie Scene, uh, later became the tour manager for Train, and is currently the tour manager of Weezer. This man literally has nothing to offer to any conversation except who he knows, what he knows, and what he's done. We shared words off and on throughout the years, but... In 2019, he still reached out to me on Facebook and was wanting me to review his book. Anyway, and I did not reply. Um, (laughs) He decides that he's annoyed with me because a few months prior, he had made a post saying that he was on the road with Weezer and he got to see Kiss playing. um, And he made a specific note to say that, and on these shows, Kiss was not using a tape. Which is bullshit, because as soon as you look it up, it's the same vocal track Paul's used forever. 
I reply and I'm like, hey man, hey bud, um, you know, I'm glad you had a great time, you know, awesome shows. I said, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Paul's still, you know, using the track, you know, take a look at this video. Let me know what you think. He takes one, like, as soon as I reply back, he's just like, you don't know nothing, boy. You don't know nothing. I was there. I was backstage. I saw everything. I saw all the machines they had. There's no playback machine. They didn't use a playback machine on this one. They did earlier in the tour, but you don't know nothing, boy. Yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. Basically the same concept of like, I didn't see a phone up on the wall. There's no way that the square little brick in your hand is a phone. Motherfucker, you can do that shit off a USB from the fucking back of the sound room. It's not an actual playback machine now, you dumbass. So I just let that ride. He hops on my fucking 0101 post and he's just like, wasn't that the same every year or every single day? dumbass i literally the only thing i replied with was a gif of a stick figure with an arrow pointing to it that said you with a little red word that said joke flying over the stick figure's head yeah i replied with that nothing else and he goes well tomorrow was zero one zero two two four and that's the only time we're gonna see that in our lifetime too and by the way get fucked boy Jesus fucking Christ, this guy still has his fucking like stick up his ass with my name on it. We go back and forth. I'm just and it's all stupid petty bullshit. It's just finally years and years of him just having nothing positive to say, always trying to start something, and I just finally let it in. And this man had the gall at one point to in the middle of the conversation go talking about um, he's like you're just mad because i'm able to do this that and the other and you're a poor boy sitting at home you know with your thumb up your ass and so many words and then i'm just like no you have nothing to offer i do not care anymore the only reason people are friends with you is because they want something from you i've never wanted a goddamn thing from you you can fuck off and he goes that's an asinine response you're just a mad wannabe i'm rich and you're not and you will never be who's laughing now me that's now the header photo on my Facebook. <laughs> Holy shit. The fucking tour manager for Weezer, dude. Yeah, he just sounds a little upset. He's just a little mad. <laughs> and then no more than a few days after that pass. Okay. Uh, my buddy, Mike Phillips from the Gabba Gabba Hunt podcast. He goes to see uh, Ricky Rockman, the old VJ on uh, MTV back in the day for Headbangers Ball. Yeah. He actually lives in North Carolina now yeah. right in our neck of the woods. Um, he was having a show and Mike Phillips went out to go see it. And back behind uh, Ricky on the um, light up billboard sign he had was ricky rockman you know in the name of the tour with a white outline lightning bolt with a circle around it now i am in no way shape or form implying that the villains own the lightning bolt there are so many other bands that have used the lightning bolt how and hate, and hate groups yes however the stylized version I have, I feel is a little unique. I have not seen my exact version used on anything. There have been lightning bolts with circles around them, but the lightning bolt is more zoomed in or say, you know, it's a different design. It's not 
what I have. You look at Ricky Rockman's, it's essentially what I have, but a little squished. <laughs> and Mike sent it to me, and we're both having a laugh. We're like, holy fuck, like, that's a major coincidence. That's fucking hilarious. So I posted up on my Facebook. Hey, Ricky Rockman, from one Charlotte dude to another, well, let's have a talk about your logo here with a little winky face. Whole bunch of other people, ha ha ha, having a fun, having a laugh with me. This dude, I don't even fucking remember who the fuck it was at the time, starts posting, as I just mentioned, all these other lightning bolt logos from ACDC to Marilyn Manson and all this. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm making a joke. Ha, ha, ha. You know, he's like, well, you don't. He's like, you know, someone's already calling you out for that poser wannabe bullshit. You know, yada, yada, yada. Look at uh, just like that person in your profile header did. And I was like, what the fuck are you even talking about, dude? I was like, you know, I, no, I don't own this, that, and the other. And he just went the fuck off. And the best part about it was the thing that really upset him is I went, I don't even know who the fuck you are. He took a screenshot of a photo he had and he's just like who the fuck am i your ass was opening for me years ago and i'm staring at this photo and at first i thought he won and i'm like oh fuck not only did i open for him i don't remember this show yeah what the fuck and i'm like staring at the photo, and i'm like i'm starting to kind of feel a little bad now i'm just like why do i not remember this show the longer i stared at it the more i realized what it actually was we didn't open for them. We never played a show with them. That was the fucking drummer of the Rage Against the Machine cover band that my drummer at the time was the vocalist for. Mm. And he was conflating all of that. And I'm just like, fucking wrong again, you goddamn jackass. I said, I never opened for your bad, horrible fucking cover band. Oh my fucking God. Yoink. He's out of my page. Dude. I don't know why I can't open my mouth online without some motherfucker trying to start a fight with me. Yeah. And it's not even like I'm provoking. Yeah, no, I understand. You don't have to. You I have understand to. if I'm making provoking statuses to like enrage people. But a goofy post about the day of the week or me poking at Ricky Rockman for having a similar logo to something I had thought of fucking eight years ago and then other people thought of before me. I'm not allowed to make a joke anymore. This Everyone is, takes me way too fucking seriously. This is why I don't like texting because you can't convey uh, tone, even with you using emojis. Like, hey, you, 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 in all intents and purposes, like, hey, Rockman, let me talk to you about your logo. Like, that's how it came out to somebody else. Right now, hey, Ricky fucking Rockman, you fucking piece of shit. What the fuck? That's what it comes out of. Because in text, we read it how we want to read it. And even with emojis and all that shit, it doesn't come out right. It yeah. never does. Like, there are people who misuse the texting in a way. Like, like the text we had today, mm -hmm. that could have went south very quickly unless I, un unless I knew you. Like, hey, are you, gonna, are you coming down here? Or is it, hey, man, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, man yeah, are you yeah. coming down here? Or are we still good for tonight? Or, yeah. hey, motherfucker, are you coming down here? And it's <laughs> yeah. like, see, like, it's, it's about tone. And it's unless like you know each other long enough, I can speak in that shorthand and be like, we good tonight. So, but, but like... <laughs> Even if you do know somebody, it can go south very quickly because you can't convey tone through text. Right. Like, unless you emphasize it through grammar. And then people don't do that with text because when they send text, they, they send, 
TXT. That's not how you spell that. You're worse than Dante when it comes to English. Like it is, it is ridiculous. Um, but like this is why I like having phone conversations. But uh, but no, it's about conveying tone, and and the internet is ruthless when it comes to that kind of thing. You can be like, man, I had a great day on fucking one one twenty four. Man, what a start of the year! And it's just like fucking pussy piece of shit. Get fucked. I hope you die. And it's just like word. Um, but like. You know, there's always going to be that guy, and yeah. and you know, as much as you know, as we have great fans like Dustin, yeah, we're going to have the opposite. <laughs> but what was funny a is a nigga like- Dustin <laughs> who's going to be like, man, fuck your goddamn show, I hate it. <laughs> well, see, I listen the- to it every day, and I fucking hate it. The funny thing about it, though, is like these people that are acting like this are people that like either one don't even pay attention to what I do, Tom, or two. I don't even know that other dude that was making a stink about me making a joke about a fucking lightning bolt. (laughs) It's like, that's the best part about it is the people that always get the most upset are the ones that don't pay attention or don't know me. So, but I guess for anybody, you know, that they they just want to get mad about something, you know, and, and, that's what the last three years have kind of been about. And this year's not going to be no different. You know, yeah. I just want to get ramped fuck up for no reason because I can't do it anywhere else because some asshole with a iPhone is going to record me doing it. Like, <laughs> well, maybe that's my goal for 2024 is to innocently rile up every little fucking that's angry ass asshole on my page until they out themselves and I laugh and just them. troll motherfuckers who are on anger management. Yeah, yeah. because because I'm sitting here because that's the best part is ev- in both of these arguments both people think that I'm sitting over here hot headed, shaking mm-hmm. rapidly the entire time though I'm watch I'm like laughing and I'm like refreshing the page going oh my god did they respond oh my god did they respond holy shit what the fuck and, I'm, and that's the best part is they think I'm so upset but I am laughing my ass off and that's why I make these comments my header photo on Facebook <laughs> so, at, least yeah. yours, at least yours is not as violent as my resolution what's yours uh, to put a carrot in a rear naked choke in a McDonald's Okay, what the fuck happened there? I've been getting a lot of videos of Karen's losing it, and I'm just like, at first I was like, okay, she's probably just a privileged bitch, you know, mad the McFlurry machine didn't work. And then I'm just watching them like throw shit, and like, I've worked in service long enough, and I'm like, no, I gotta clean that shit up. And I'm just like, at no point during all these videos I see someone just cold cocking one in the mouth. <laughs> Like I'm serious, like you never see that anymore. I like a good old fashioned, not not come across the counter, not like that. I'm talking not about, like leaping across. Uh, yeah, like you found a judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a good old fashioned, like an old fashioned, <laughs> hit a woman in the face. You know what I'm saying? Like a good, good old domestic abuse. A good old. Uh, it's called an old fashioned. Like you know what I'm saying? Not the drink. The old fashioned. Not, and I'm not talking about like oh I'm laid off from work. I need a steak for dinner every night, bitch. I'm talking about like I just came home. Leave me the fuck alone. I need this. I need a good old fashioned. You know what I'm saying? You didn't TiVo the game, bitch. What the fuck's wrong with you? Like, uh, yeah, you know, just I just want to see a woman get punched in the face. And I don't care if it's me or just another woman. I really don't care. I, but I do just want to see just one. watch UFC. Yeah, but sometimes it's men, sometimes it's women. You can't really tell anymore. <laughs> the future is the, 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 the future is fantastic yet terrifying. We had this discussion on this fucking guy because of Dante's uh, predilection for his certain like of porn. But he likes what he likes. I'm no man to judge. I will. Okay. <laughs> it's gay. <laughs> as long as it's not feet. Oh, you can make some money. 
whore. <laughs> make some whore money, whore. Come on, make some whore money. <coughs> no, my I have been re- I have been reading my porn lately, so that's very oh, good. You, so you're getting into the whore books. I am, and I tell you what, man, thirty pages of just ramming is just fucking hilarious because <laughs> they never say the word penis once. <laughs> It's always like cock and no, no. It's like euphemisms, like velvet wrapped steel rod, like <laughs> velvet wrapped steel rod. Women have a way with words. That's the name of this episode. Hey, but velvet wrapped steel rod. <laughs> hey, what's this episode called? Cock. <laughs> cock. <laughs> but uh, but no, nah, man. Because uh, 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 Christy gave me a book to read, and it's eight hundred page book, and I read it in three days. <laughs> And because it's it's very fast paced. It's not even just a fuck it. It's the fast pace of it all. And I'm like, damn, I haven't read a book that fast in a long time. That held my interest. And I keep now I get these reels like recommended stuff of like book TikToks and shit. And it's just women talking about whore books. And so, well, now I got to read the summary. And some of these summaries are hilarious. Like you, I thought porn was disgusting. Smut books are so much fucking worse. Like, <laughs> like. Some of these romance and romance novels. Let me let me just preface that uh, is a hard word to use on this. Some of these these are porn, dude. These are like penthouse underground letters, dude. <laughs> Some of these are just fucked up fantasies, and you could tell like an author's predilection on what they like because they'll refer to it constantly. Like the last book I read, the they, she was really into hand jobs. Like very like descriptively talked about them, and I'm just like, good for her. You know, she's got her thing. But God, maybe, damn. maybe Dante is too because they were very interesting. I was showing off the stickers earlier like, in the group I, chat. If if I was you, mm-hmm. if I was you, next time around, Dante, I might want to wear gloves. Yeah, I might, I might. Mm. Because yeah, I was vascular just, hands. Well, because I was, I was just showing off the stickers, so I was like holding you know this big bunch of stickers in my hand, and I sent it in the group chat, and he was just like, boy, that's a fucking hand if I've ever seen it. And Mikey's just like, damn that hand. I'm just like, okay, you're making me feel a little uncomfortable, guys. You put your hands in your pockets. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I think I'm gonna look up, use my nose to look at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna fucking wear like big wool oven mitts around both. Shut of them up! You're now. an object now. You're, you're an object of somebody. <laughs> you, you get cat called. And like, hey, and that goes back to the message, the text thing. What does he really mean by that? Is he playfully saying that? Because he didn't gra- grammarly say like a wink or a nod. No, he just said, "Yeah, fucking hands." Yeah, he he, he didn't give me like you know uh, a wink or nothing. Yeah, nothing. No, no, no emoji. All context. You know, it's all about context, man. And none of our friends do that. <laughs> we just start posting shit. <laughs> but we do live in a, view, a new age of language, so yeah. yeah uh, that is I haven't talked to a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, person to person, in almost a year. But we send memes back and forth, and we are tight. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we we passed we've passed that that stupid thing called language and trans 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 uh, transgressed onto something new. You know. <laughs> It's like how many friends can think of how many friends you have that you haven't saw face to face and you just like send a meme every now and then. And it's just a basically man to man, it's basically you good, bro? But it's just a meme of like a car accident or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do that with a hammer a lot because yeah, I don't yeah, see him a lot. Yeah, it's like, like we'll send each other a meme every so often. Yeah. And that's the thinking about you, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I do take it too far sometimes. Somebody will send me an, uh, a simple, a simple meme, and I'll send them some tragic fucking thing I've seen. 
Uh, oh, oh, trust me, the Discord's about to get nutty. Uh, there's there's been a few people that uh, we've had a, new pe- a lot of people to the Discord lately. Yes, and I know them personally, and they are insane motherfuckers. So, uh, yeah, the Discord's about to start getting a little wild. If I'm not uh, if I'm not wrong, I believe I read some one post a conspiracy in the Discord. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, there, there's quite a few different little things going. If they want to be on the show, I will drive and meet them. Ooh, there you go. I will I will drive to your house, motherfucker. I'll come to your house and talk about this crazy shit because I got one at work. I'm fucking up at work because of this guy because he won't shut the fuck up about conspiracies. <laughs> you got him hooked, man. No, I don't have him hooked. He's already crazy. Like, <laughs> but he talks to me all the time about it and, and, and it's, a, it's a black guy, an older black guy and we talk about religion all the time mm-hmm. and he talks about secret societies and all this and I always fuck with him. I'm like, well, you know, all white people are part of the part of the man right and i'm just fucking with him and he's yeah, like yeah. Ah, ha, ha. i'm like you know you're talking to like a white devil right and like he just stops and he's just like what <laughs> don't fuck with me Wilson. <laughs> but he'll 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 because uh, he what he does he walks around and collects the paperwork and stuff uh on the floor and he'll stop and talk to me for a good 20 minutes and i'm just like i got time i guess <laughs> i'm trying to rush but yeah let's bullshit bit, let's bullshit about the catholic church for like good 30 minutes <laughs> It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Hey, at least they don't get tunnels under their church. Or they do. I don't know. Uh, save it for this fucking guy. <laughs> I'll save it for Crypto Conspiracy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, save it for Crypto Conspiracy. We'll talk about I'm it I'm sure we forgot. Just a good measure. <laughs> That's history in the making right now. Yeah. Even anything we forgot. Jewish people in tunnels? No. No. <laughs> anyway if you want to talk about the real fucking news <laughs> let's go ahead and move on over to the news segment fucking bullshit and that's just a theory a culture theory <laughs> no uh we mentioned that because um yeah this week another one of the I'd say YouTube Giants is stepping away from the platform. Uh, game theory, film theory, style theory, food theory, MatPat, no longer going to be part of the channel. The channel will live on. Uh, the channels, rather. Uh, the universe will continue. But he's, he's got a solid crew. Yep. Uh, but MatPat himself, along with Stephanie, his wife, uh, they will be stepping away from the camera, no longer being the faces of the company. Bienvenue, my friend. It was a good run. Yeah. It really was, and like I think, I think that's kind of the good thing about that kind of thing. You know, he's made his money. He's still going to be part of it in a in kind of a namesake way. He might be just like in the background. I mean, he's a businessman. I'm sure he still owns the. Oh company. yeah, but like I'm still. I think he's. You know. You know, we have a mutual friend that is part of a business and stepped back from a business just to you know have more free time. So I think that's mainly what it is. Plus, he has a child, a young child yes. that he needs to spend time with. Uh, I, I don't have any problem with that. He's made solid content from beginning to end. It's, oh yeah, uh, I didn't. I never really watched a lot of it until like I met you. Mm. But it is it is solid background content and you know upfront content. We've talked about it many times. Um, and a lot of YouTubers, you know, if they decide to step away, ha- I'm happy for them. You know, they could be successful because he is successful. Let, let's not get that confused no uh and it was one of those things where i thought man this would have been a cool guy to have his own show Mm -hmm. or been a part of something bigger but you know he made it his own on his own terms and he left on his own terms so i'm proud of him good for him not a lot of people get out right you know some people stay in too long and get involved in some bullshit controversy or some bitch about fucking photoshop (laughs) (laughs) but like you know you're 
it's good to get out while you're on top. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised within like this year or next year we could see like Mr. Beast maybe taking a step back because he's, you know, he's hit his peak, you know, or he's ready to go higher. But you know, he's hit that echelon of YouTubers. So yeah, and Matt Pat even talked about on his video other people who have stepped away and this past year and, mm-hmm. and talked about that's what he went into his reasoning for. So I'm happy for him. Oh, I am too. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't get emotional or anything, but I, it did kind of hit me a little harder than I was expecting. Um, mainly because it kind of dawned on me that Matt Pat, well, game theory specifically was probably the second or third YouTube channel. I actually subscribed to there were a lot of channels that i would just go and watch some videos every so often but i never hit that subscribe button and all their begs and pleas hit the Mm. like button hit the subscribe never fucking did it game theory outside of another group of um game players called the creatures uh that later formed in the cow chop um the creatures along with uh uber hacks or nova those were the first two that i actually hit the subscribe button on and made a youtube account and like logged in and like watched their shit because all of a sudden i was cared game theory was right after that because i remembered seeing a handful of videos here and there and then all of a sudden he just started hitting it hard so it is just kind of weird how, you know, Calchop, I mean, um, the creatures eventually disbanded, kind of formed into other little things, but then that even kind of fizzled away. So it was like the very first YouTubers I watched are no longer doing their thing. And now the longest running consistent YouTuber I've watched is no longer going to be doing his thing. Yeah. So as happy as I am and as, as proud of him as I am, because I went on that journey with him, I saw the the rise and I've seen the controversies. He was not, you know, stray from a few of them. So, you know, with it come to like you know information and videos and what he said how he said it Mm -hmm. and even like again he is a businessman there was even certain ways he was doing advertisements that kind of ruffled some feathers uh credits in videos but he learned from all of it and Mm -hmm. he made all of it better so that was the journey i watched and that kind of watching that kind of journey helped me with stepping into doing this kind of stuff Mm. because much like with the misfits bootleg stuff i'm doing uh there's been quite a few people i've been chatting with on a regular basis that's going like you know man you know i'm worried about xyz and this person that person you know they could get this whatever shut down and i was like you know all of that is very possible i said however i've had the benefit of sitting back and watching i'm not the first person to do this I've seen what other people did and I've learned from their mistakes and I'm looking around these corners now when maybe they weren't before. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just saying I've learned from that. So now I've watched someone like a Matt Pat start with such a DIY setup, blow his thing up and even how to deal with constructive criticism yeah. because that's the biggest thing. Most of the YouTube drama I see stems from the creator getting too high up on the, I'm making the content you're supposed to enjoy. Why are you coming at me saying this, that, and the other? There's a certain level of that, but at the same time, Matt was the first one that I could pay, that I could tell paid attention more and wanted to make his content 
more appealing to his audience. If it was gearing too far into, you know, childish stuff. Yeah. He heard that and was like, okay, cool. You know, I'm going to pay attention to the fact that my analytics are now spiking a little bit higher in age. I'm not going to do so much snaff. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I might do things that are a little bit more crude or a little bit more adult in these videos because that's what you're asking for. So I, I just hope that there's a lot more content creators that are going to be taking cues from someone like a Matt Pat that knew how to gracefully navigate negative aspects of that career come out a bigger stronger guy in the process yeah and there's you know there's still guys that have been on youtube longer than him that are still going strong and a lot of new you know there's always a lot of new creators coming out um a lot of similar creators oh absolutely Uh, like if you go back and watch like chris james you know his old stuff it's fucking hilarious but he's still doing the same thing but in just a new tone and Um, even someone like a cinnamon toast ken yeah and like every every show every creator offers something unique they all do uh some of them look like copycats because they, they kind of similar are but they all offer something unique and matt pat was one of those more unique ones and he was able to expand it and expand it again and kind of on that front i kind of hate wording it like this but it's kind of true you know when there's you know when a matt pat leaves a scott the Waz comes to take the place yeah because scott is someone i would still say is on his way of building up oh yeah so it's like he's you know i think the only difference between scott the Waz and matt pat is matt pat has a crew of people that we never see and scott the Waz's friends who are his crew are people we see all the time yeah so i think that's just a like kind of a uniqueness to the both of them um but with Matt Pat leaving, we're going to see more of that crew, uh, and we're going to see more of how they do things. I think he's going to give them a little bit more creative, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, creative levity, a little bit yeah, on, on, on how to do the show. You know, we're we're not going to get the a film. They're probably not going to get that anymore. I don't know if they'll leave that oh, in, but that's going to be ooh. Yeah, see, man, you did. I didn't think about that. That's going to be weird. Because your brain's affected by the marijuana poison. Ooh, that's going to be weird, man. But, like, talk about, like, other guys you do, like the guy that does, like, the penny challenge. You know, how mm. long is he going to do that before he stops, you know? Oh, yeah. He's already said he's no, he's not doing those challenges anymore. He's doing other things yeah. now, but yeah, he's but, not going to do that specific. But when that guy, you know, eventually you know, has made his where he wants to be comfortably and take yeah. you know, uh, bows out. Because that's another thing we're going to probably going to see this year is – how does views on older content work on the YouTube, you know, financial area? Like, do I would I still get money from an older video? Is there a time limit? Is there uh, a statute of limitations on my video to where it can make money? Mm-hmm. You know, I think YouTube is going to get down that path because eventually YouTube is going to be jam packed with so much content that the advertising money isn't going to match the server space. That's even true. even with as many advertisers as they have through premium and the, you know what I'm saying so there is going to be a uh, an apex moment where X and Y kind of cross and it's going to be a point where now we got to change everything to where only newer content six months or newer is valuable right. so if you have older videos on there fine but you won't be making money off those oh, that's going to fuck some people hard and I bring this up because this is a younger person issue this is not something that older people are going to think about 
which is going to bite us in the ass later on, like streaming does now, where it's like, I paid for this. Now you don't have it. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck should I keep paying you? Now there's a problem. Like, there was that rumor Stranger Things. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, there's that that rumor of when Stranger Things finishes, how long is it going to be on Netflix? after it's done like are they going to backlog and keep it there or are they going to do what they've done with some of their shows their own shows and delete them well if they want to get rid of that backlog i know where that backlog's gonna live yeah on On my fucking hard drive yeah but like (laughs) for people who don't have that uh, that uh, that luxury you know that that's going to be a problem and i think i think if you don't think about these issues you know further around we're going to run into kind of a moral obligation to take it instead of pay for it well i mean that's uh that guy lewis that uh i posted up in the discord a few days ago he's he's kind of leading leading the charge on ethical piracy yeah so i i i'm kind of it's it's gonna it's kind of hard for me to you know say anything considering what i've been doing as a little hobby over the last few months (laughs) so it's like i don't know I, th- this guy said it best because uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on this show or not, but Hyundai has a smart car that when you update the firmware, there was a version that bricked the system mm-hmm. and you could no longer start your car. Yeah, that's the dangers of the new new age of vehicles. That's the dangers of no right to repair. Yeah. Because at what point during that software update is going to prevent ignition all these cars before it never needed that computer to start it up i understand if certain other things are going to be non-functional my bluetooth my radio whatever else but you're meaning to tell me i updated my car in the middle of the night i went to unlock the door get in start it up to go to work and is telling me i can't and i have to tow it to a dealership yeah um that's actually happened about a few years ago with bmw mm-hmm. uh, bmw had released a new um, i forget what it's called i don't keep track of bmw but they the evs all, the electrical vehicles no, this was a straight up bmw <clears throat> that had a computer system in it that had uh, internet and all that it had like a 4g card in it and stuff like that kind of like a cell phone where they offered a subscription-based service to amenities of the vehicle. So heated seats, uh, navigation, stuff like that, as a subscription service. And I thought about that for two goddamn seconds. And the first thing in my mind is, oh, another reason not to buy a BMW. A a shit vehicle. (laughs) Another reason not to buy this shit vehicle. Uh, And all I can think of is, like, you are now vehemently targeting people who are trying to get a newer vehicle that is safe and sound and you are pushing out a whole market of people who are not going to do that and then hamstringing the ones that are yeah uh and i see that now with a lot of ev companies who are you know especially tesla tesla makes a vehicle is it a great vehicle it's okay yeah the model s e x whatever y whatever you got but as of right now it's not at the point where it's viable okay yeah you could charge it you know and and like i'm all for you know the next wave of vehicles being you know eco-friendly that's where we need to be we need more public transportation more than anything we need to make cities livable that's another thing but 
if I'm getting in my car and driving all the way the fuck down here, I need to make sure it works every time, all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you go back to ethical piracy, someone's going to figure out some kind of chip work that's going to disable that fucking shit. Well, the lead up on that is what he was saying. He's like, remember the old propaganda back in the day? You wouldn't download a car, would you? Fuck yeah, I would. Well, he, what, uh, what this guy Lewis saying, he's like, well, as it stands in 2024, yeah, I'd download the fuck out of a car. It's not hurting the, the market cap on vehicles. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, see, that's, that's what people don't understand is piracy as it is now is still infancy. There is no mass piracy to where the Marvel movie is not making a shit ton of money. Even their lowest ranking movie made money. Well, the problem is, is what folks failed to understand. This is at least my perspective of it. When the when the industry of bootlegging, downloading, Rhapsody, Napster, all that shit, when that was at its prime. That's when, in my opinion, music was, one, at its lowest, it was a singles-driven market, and many artists do not revisit their catalog from that late 90s, early 1000s period because they admittedly go, yeah, we were stretched. The music business wanted more and wasn't paying us, but wanted us to produce more product. That's why the, you basically bought a single with nine other songs attached to it. Fans aren't going to spend $20 on a CD if they wanted that single song. Yeah. So the way to circumvent that was to provide the quality or the quantity for a price. That's why Spotify did so well for 10 bucks a month. Unlimited listening killed the download market immediately now that people see a value in the return i don't have to download all my music for free now i just pay this company ten dollars a month and they technically download it all for free anyway and then i just fucking search for it the movie market does not see that same sort of thing because the movie market is dictated strictly by if it's liked or not People would go out to see those Marvel movies now if they were still of high quality. It's not because of anyone bootlegging anything. You can bootleg Infinity War all day long. I was still going to go to the theater to see it. I could have bootlegged Far From Home or No Way Home, the last Spider-Man movie. I could have bootlegged that all day long. That was not going to prevent me from going and seeing it a couple times in theaters. They got my cash. But I think another thing, like another thing on that, because you brought up streaming, the fact that it's so expensive to go see a movie kind of throws quality out the fucking window. Well, that's why I was going to use my CD comparison. It's so expensive, and you have to go out of your way to see a movie that lately. Not a lot of them have been that great. And what's been dominating the box office? Fucking Disney. And Disney, whether it be Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, they've not had a home run since lockdown. Like the the I will tell you straight up out of 2023, the best movie I've ever seen in theaters and for the year was a Japanese Godzilla movie that was subtitled. I still want to see it. Let me tell you something. That is 
that was worth the theater experience. See, that's what people don't understand. The theaters have changed themselves enough to be comfortable seating, have a drink or two if you fucking want one, better quality, you know, arrangements. You have you you could pick your seat before you walk in. Those things are quality improvements. It doesn't mean shit if I gotta pay twenty goddamn dollars for it and the movie I watched was critically acclaimed, I did not like. Yep. This movie I enjoyed. Well, I tell you what. If you want to talk about that, we can move that right on over to our main topic. Yeah. Well, let's do on that. We, we can talk spoilers on it. Yeah. I, I highly doubt. I, I haven't seen it, mm. but I highly doubt that getting spoilers for this movie is going to ruin it. It is not. Let me tell you something. They're re-releasing it again in black and white this year. I saw that. So I think it'll still have that oomph factor. I might go see it in black and white. I don't know. But let me let me pre-amp, pre-game this real quick. Do it up. I was hanging out with Mikey, Hammer, and Fireball before I went to see this movie. I was exhausted. Cap shows up. We hang out. And he's like, let's go ahead and head, go to the movie theater. So me and Cap go. As the people who know who listen to this show, we both are big Kaiju fans. Kaiju Paradise. Paradise. Yep. Uh, and we went through the whole Toho series on that, on, that ser- on that show. This, if I was a little kid or a 50-year-old man, will feel like I watched a Godzilla movie for the first time. That's how good it was. I love the Godzilla movies. I love those franchises. I love how campy they are, how dumb they look. I love the the effects people put into it, especially if you go back and watch the old 50s Toho one. It's just a dude in a suit, bebopping around, goofy as fuck. <laughs> bebopping around. I love that. What was cool about this movie was it's three things that I didn't expect. First one, quality story out of a Godzilla movie. You cared. I almost teared up at one point because the story is horrific. It's about a man who was a kamikaze pilot who decided not to do it last minute. And he's shamed for it because that was the Japanese culture of the time. He survives World War II, goes back home. His village is destroyed, which is the true story of a lot of Japanese villages. They are in a recession. They are in like an economic depression. They're trying to rebuild. Well, in the beginning of the movie, he flies his plane to an island, a Ford operating base for the Japanese, And they shame him for not doing his duty of being a kamikaze pilot. Okay, that's fine. It's nighttime, and something comes out of the water and starts attacking them. And these guys are getting just ripped apart. It's Godzilla, but it's not Godzilla. He's not that big, but he's big enough to tear through. Kind of like a T-Rex size, you know what I'm saying? And he fails to act, and people die. Even though if he did act, he had acted, nothing would have changed. He would have died too. Yeah. So, it's an analogy of his life. The whole first fifteen minutes is an analogy of his life. And then we see him going back to Japan, and then it cuts away for about five to ten seconds of Operation Hardtack. For those who don't know, was how we tested the nuclear bombs after World War II, and they showed the Bikini Atoll Islands nuclear bomb. It's been redone from the original footage version to a CGI version in color. It's horrific to see. 
it's a nuclear bomb going off for testing. And then you see that the smaller Godzilla we see in the beginning of the movie is what got hit. And his body changes into the Godzilla we see in the movie. He becomes a regenerative monster. And you see his flesh strip away and return immediately. So he's developed this ability to regenerate his flesh because of the nuclear bomb. Second thing about this movie. It's scary as fuck. I was almost dead asleep watching this movie. And then Godzilla, they pull a Jaws moment where he's in the water. And he pops his head and body up out of the water. And it's legitimately scary. Shit. The way he looks in the movie is legitimately scary. Like a kid watching Jaws for the first time. What the fuck is that? We need to get rid of that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And I got to say, it's hard to say what the A plot and B plot are. Is the A plot the Godzilla part? Or is the A plot this guy just trying to live his life and confronting his fears to regain his honor? I, you, you watch this movie... And that's the two plots of the movie. And I'd be hard to argue with anybody to define which one's the A and B plot mm. because they're so important. It's kind of like when we watch King of the Hill and there's an A and B plot. And you're just like, well, this episode's about Hank meeting a friend. Or is it about Dale and Bill getting stuck in a grave? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, which one's the plot? You know. But in this movie, it doesn't differentiate. There's plenty of both. Mm-hmm. You know, Godzilla's not in it just for five minutes. He's in it for a good half of the movie. Third thing about this movie, it's an analogy of nuclear war, like the original Godzilla movie. It's the dangers of science run amok. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the importance of the message of Godzilla. This is what the destruction looked like in Japan, because there was no way back... you got to think about this. It's 1950... The America, America barely really knows what the atomic bomb is. We've used it a few times. We've tested it a few times. But the story of the people never got out Right in 1950. So Japan decided to make a movie with a giant monster to describe the horrificness of a nuclear bomb and the dangers of those you know, weapons. And that's what Godzilla really is. He's an analogy for the destruction of mankind through nuclear bombs. Uh and that's the more serious part of it mm-hmm. and it plays really well in this movie me and me and cap again huge godzilla fans ball both walked out of the theater stood outside for a good 15 minutes and we we're just like is that the best goddamn godzilla movie ever made like, yeah i think we just saw it we just like it felt like stepbrothers is this the best one ever fucking made i think it fucking was like but it's that it's that it's that feeling of it man it was so good i would love to have jeff clayton to talk about it well see that that was what i was gonna mention so over christmas because uh, i re- released right before christmas didn't it it did around thanksgiving yeah so uh around christmas time well, I, at christmas uh we were discussing it and the one thing he says every time and it always makes me laugh he loves godzilla movies but he i've I've made a joke before that i'm gonna just download all his favorite godzilla movies Mm -hmm. and and cut out any time there's just a human because he's i hate the human stories i don't give a fuck about the human stories show me the fucking monster i want the monster i want the monster i don't care about the human stories and when he started talking about the movie, I was just like, oh, is Godzilla good? I said, you know, is the human story tolerable? He goes, dude, I actually like the human story. So, like, he even took a pause and was just like, that was actually, I like that part, too. Going, going into, like, a story. So, after you see Godzilla regenerate from this nuclear bomb, and it's, like, it's very vague because you don't see him, like, 
in the daylight and this nuclear bomb goes off and it kills him. No, you just see what happens to him while he's underwater because the bomb went off. Right. And then the story picks up heavy on the human part of it. He returns home. His family is dead. His neighbor is alive and her children are dead. He sees, you know, he's trying to make, he's being shamed this whole time because he didn't die in the war. And that's very, that's a big sticking point of the culture of Japan around that time. If you read anything about World War II, post war Japan, that's the sticking point is survivor's guilt. Even the people who survived the nuclear bomb in real life are shunned. Think about that for a second. If an American had said, I survived 9 11, we wouldn't have been like, coward. We wouldn't ever do that. That's fucked up. Over there, they survived nuclear weapons and they are shamed for it, they are cursed. Because that's how their society is. There's not nothing positive or negative about it, but that's how the culture is, and that's what he is. Right. He's what's called an oni, you know, uh, oni musha. That's a, a shamed one. And uh, so he's trying to make it, and he helps this girl who had found a child. And this is kind of happenstance, you know. She doesn't have any family. They find a child who is starving, and that's a big thing about the movie, you know, starvation, plight, you know, all that. And he's trying to make it. And so they try to rebuild his house with this young woman he's met and this young child who's not theirs but has taken in. And this is 1945, Japan, post-nuclear apocalypse. Uh, And he gets a new job. They are shacked up together. They're not in love or anything. They're just living together for opportunity. Right. He gets a job for removing ocean mines from outside of Japan, which is a hazardous job in real life. There was a lot of demilitarization jobs. Sounds that, like a hazardous, hazardous job in fiction, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> real life and fiction. So this is a real job. This was a real job in real life. But they're on a boat, and they're finding sea mines, and they shoot them until they explode. And that's their job. And they're played a lot of money to do this because it's a very hazardous job. Well, he has suppressed the memory of seeing a giant lizard destroy him and a whole fucking Ford operating base of people. He's left that out of his mind. Well, guess who fucking showed up? And this is the scary part of the movie. The way Godzilla swims, he floats and dives and floats and dives. He's able to control his buoyancy. So when you see him, you see the fins of his, the, the ridges of his back. But when his face shows up, it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> like, I can't explain. Like, if you just pull up an image of that fucking movie. Oh, it'll, it'll be the image yeah. on the thumbnail. But, like, when you see something like that, there is a horrificness to it because it's in color. Right. Its eyes are just wild as fuck to look at. And they've put a lot of design into it to where you can tell this is practical effects mm-hmm. mixed with CGI. Um, and when watching this, I kind of stood up in my seat a little bit and looked at Cap. He's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like there, there, there is a like a like certain parts to it where it's like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Like what? Like and like when you look at him up close, there is you know this scary look in his eyes, and you can't tell for a minute for a good minute you can't tell if it's a guy in a suit or if it's CGI, which I love because there's if you can do that. Because there's points where there is a guy in a suit. Yeah. But damn, it looks good. Like, What were some of the what the fucks? Uh, there was one moment. All right, so when they first meet Godzilla, 
He's baby ch- Godzilla or uh, no. morphed Godzilla? This is full-grown Godzilla. He's chasing them in the water. And what they do is they get enough space between him and the ship to get a, land, a sea mine in front of it. And Godzilla bites the sea mine, and they shoot the sea mine out of his face. And it blows his whole fucking head, like, just wide the fuck open. And the guy's like, holy shit, we got him. You know, it's that Jaws moment. You know, we shot him, we got him. And he rises up out of the water just enough. And his face morphs back. That's a picture I just showed you. That's his face morphed back. Right. And you can see like smoldering ash coming out from under the skin. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it's like watching the thing. And you're watching that thing coming out of that dude's, like, his head come off and go yeah. spider legs. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's that scene, you know? And you're like, oh, you're done. You're fucked. All right, this yep. is the end of the movie. This is, this is him just rocking their shit. But they're able to get away because another battleship shows up and that battleship distracts it long enough for this boat to get the fuck away and I'm just like thank god because he was going to rip them asunder (laughs) so this is where we find out that Godzilla is trying to make his way mainland to destroy like mainland Japan Mm. and he makes it to one part and this is where it gets kind of campy because it looks like the old Godzilla movies where he's walking on land and it's so funny to watch because Godzilla no matter how badass you look him, he just looks like a fat lizard yeah. on two legs. But the way he moves is like this shuffle. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's kind of, they're trying to show the gravity of a giant creature walking the land. Yeah. Like, ooh, boom, boom, you know, like Jurassic Park would do. Yeah. But every now and then Jurassic Park, that T-Rex starts running. And when you start running, that's fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he lets loose. He, turn, he, he, he charges up and shoots the beam out of his mouth and you're like holy fuck that's what it could and it's a little nuclear bomb that goes off yep it's mushroom cloud everything and they really detailed the effects of that Mm -hmm. the the impact of the beam the shock wave it gives off the destruction it gives off to a point like this is what it must have felt like to see the first godzilla movie in theaters you know, we talk about, you know, seeing like the campy Frankenstein movies and Dracula, yeah. but we have decades upon decades, damn near 100 years of movies on our belt of watching fiction of high quality. But for them, that was like Affinity War. Like, oh, yeah. And I got that feeling again, man. And it was so good to get that feeling of that is good. watching a movie that came out I had no I had no inkling going into of going to watch it or enjoy it but I sat next to my buddy watching this movie who was also a fan of it and we sat there and it was the most enjoyable experience I had in a movie theater in probably a decade and that's the best way to do it man it and, really is and you know there there have been really good movies that came out this past year they they're either campy and fun or debilitatingly sad and serious like Oppenheimer or jokingly fun like Barbie yeah. you know, like or reverse whatever you want to see it <laughs> men and women take, take it differently um, both were strong female leads I will say that uh, but um, but no man it, it was so going back to the story a, a, a ragtag group of guys get together figure this shit out hey we, we're going to design this bomb that's going to destroy before he comes back because that's the thing about Godzilla he destroys and leaves and comes back and they create a bomb that's kind of similar to the first movie the oxygenator bomb and they're like alright we have to do it this way we have to do it that way 
he reconciles with uh, one of the captains of uh, the island that he he was shamed on because the guy was like, oh, if I see you again, I'll fucking murder you. Yeah. Um, and they reconcile and develop this plane, uh, which is a real fucking plane. So imagine an airplane like a single engine Cessna, mm-hmm. but imagine the cockpit's reversed and facing the tail. That's a real plane. They're kind of weird to look at. The propellers in the back, the wide wings are in the back, short wings in the front. Anyway, they develop this plane. And they get back on. They they develop this plan, and Godzilla's on his way. All right, all right. We got so many days before he shows up, and he shows up too soon. And they're like, "Fuck!" Now listen, we got to leave now. Yeah, half in the bag. We hope this works. Uh, and they fail the first time, and it's heart wrenching to watch because when he makes it to land, enough time has passed between Godzilla coming the first time to the second time that this guy has developed a relationship with that woman he's left with. Mm-hmm. He's developed an attachment to the child. They've rebuilt enough to where there's something. You know, they rebuilt, right. you know, oh my God, we have a simple life now than what we did a year ago, you know. And it's all gone in an instant because Godzilla shows up again and pops a shot off. And you see the explosion like more firsthand on mm-hmm. the city level. And the girl gets it. Mm-hmm. And she pushed him out of the way. She, they see the wave coming, and she pushes him out of the way into the alley, and she disappears. Ooh. And you're, I'm just like, I sat up in my seat again. I'm like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, it's like watching that one scene in a Western where the woman gets it, and then the guy's like, needs that to turn around. It's like, you could have turned around a little bit faster, you fucking prick, but you, know, you had to watch her die, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And it just turns from like this meek man to high plains drifter. I'm killing everybody in the goddamn town. <laughs> turns into godless or hell on wheels or some shit. So he booting fucking rallies, man. And they leave enough in there, left foreshadowing to tell you what's going to happen because it is a it is a knockdown drag out to do this again. Mm-hmm. So they boot and rally again. Uh, the two big guy, the two bigger guys, the scientist and the strong man, basically tell the younger guy, not the pilot, but the younger guy, saying, "Hey, man, you want to sit this one out? You're the gener- you're the, you're the future of this country. If we make, if we win and die, you need to carry on." And the pilot guy, the main character, he's kind of dipped off to fix this plane. To that's the secret weapon. So they hear Godzilla's coming. They ring the bell and get the ships out there. So their job is, and this is a very fast paced cut of it is to tie tie him up using ships and then activate this bomb that forces him down into the sea where he dies. Okay? It sucks all the oxygen out of him and he sinks and dies so he can't be buoyant and he'll be at the ocean bottom forever. That's the oxygenator bomb from the original right. movie. This is what it is in this movie. Good callback. If you're a fan or not, it's a solid fucking callback. It's even calls back to King of All Monsters, uh, the last American Godzilla movie that they use try to kill King Ghidorah. It doesn't work, but kills Godzilla. Gotcha. And for those who didn't see that movie two years ago, uh, but it fails to a point. And watching them maneuver these ships and Godzilla just trying to like break out of these steel fucking cables is kind of mm-hmm. cool to watch. And it reminds me of like that old school Tanami anime kind of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It just reminds me of that kind of shit of just like this epic battle between like the 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 people who you know can't win against the giant monster that showed up. It's like watching the people in tanks trying to shoot a Gundam and it's like, you dumb fuck. (laughs) You're about to get lit the fuck up. Um, And they're almost there and Godzilla pops back 
up out of the water and they're like no we just we need it one more time one more time but but godzilla is now pulling the ships closer and he's getting loose and then who shows up the younger guy they dismissed mm-hmm. with a fucking fleet of fucking steamboats to come help pull these cables even tighter you know yeah and they're giving it their fucking all and here it comes this fucking plane that the old boy's been working on for so long and so long and godzilla is charging up and he charges up it's done Dude, he fucking flies this thing down his goddamn throat and fucking just splits his mouth wide the fuck open and it explodes and it destroys Godzilla's head, neck, and upper body and it just splits and they activate the weapon again. Boom! Send his ass straight to hell. And you're like, what the fuck? Oh boy, (laughs) died. Like, holy shit. And a thing they foreshadow in the movie is, hey, this plane has something japanese planes never had before an ejector seat and he ejected last minute and you see him in his parachute they're like oh shit oh boy's alive and they're fucking like screaming hell yeah yeah and it's this wonder wonderful fucking thing that happens in the there's more to it yeah that plays on the human element there's more to the human story i'm leaving out but holy shit it's fucking just heart racing to watch this it's like oh fuck the hero died doing what he was supposed to do you know <clears throat> died killing the enemy and you're like fuck he, I wish he hadn't died and it's like you see this parachute and it's like fuck yeah man <laughs> and you're rooting for these guys who are just dest- you're fighting Godzilla and it's that good and it's one of those movies where evil doesn't prevail right there isn't a sense of a half win kind of like Infinity War mm-hmm. where we we lost so many people we got them back, but we lost, you know, our gut, our guy. You know, right? Was it like it's a, it's that great thing? It's like if we destroy an army of evil, is it worth is it worth it to lose one good Iron Man? It's just like <laughs> well, I guess. Well, if we look at the MCU right now, I'd say no. Oh God, we lost a good fight, guys. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but like it, it it's that movie. If I could explain, it, the epicness of it was perfect. The sound was perfect. There was these mon- little montage scenes that really brought you back into what movies were. Mm-hmm. You know, these epic action, you know, kaiju movies. And I was just wide awake, excited as fuck. After, like, even doing the credits, there's a special thing that happens after the credits. I won't mention because you, you need to see it. Of course. And then, but it explains the title. Got it. And the title is like, Motherfucker. <laughs> Damn. And that makes the title makes sense now. And it's a perfect movie. It's a perfect kaiju movie. It's a perfect action flick. Perfect foreign flick. If it should, if it should, it should get an Oscar for best foreign adaptation or foreign movie. Uh, I don't know who's going to win Oscars this year. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. But to me, that's that's the best movie. Well, they already had the Golden Globes. I don't give a fuck about those. I don't give a fuck about the Oscars. But <laughs> Joe Coy apparently bombed like a motherfucker. Well, that's what happens when you fire people like Ricky Gervais. Ah. Um, get Dave Chappelle to do it. Fuck it. Oh God. Hell yeah. i pay the fuck attention then. Get Shane Gillis to do it. Now I'd really pay attention <laughs> if Shane Gillis did it. This is him bragging the fuck out of people. What's up, you tiny bitch? <laughs> you another man with downs? <laughs> but I, it, like, I recommend anyone to go see it. The black mm-hmm. and white one, I imagine, is going to be good. I love I loved that that was in color. I love that the subtitles were there. Yeah. You know, because that's another part of so the you jet. like the, the sub, not the dub? Yeah, I'll take the sub over the dub every time. But, because I can read. Um... But even with the dub, like, there are parts in the movie that make you sad to watch it. Like, there are, like, there's a human element. And I probably, Jeff would probably agree with me on this. Like, mm. that, 
change the game for the movie. That's what you needed. Right. You didn't need, like, there was a little kid in it, but he wasn't what's called a Kenny. He wasn't this annoying fucking kid. She had lost everything in her, the limited word she has it in the, in the show or in the movie are conveyed enough that you feel for this child. Like, right. you're not saying, oh, this is an annoying ass kid. No, this kid's lost everything and might lose it again. Right. And now you have real stakes in a Godzilla movie other than the city is going to be destroyed. It's like <laughs> the city doesn't have a, person- a personification. No one gives a fuck about that city. We can rebuild a city. This person just lost two sets of parents within a year. Yeah. Like, fuck me. <laughs> and I will say the CGI effects look perfect for like just a low budget. Tech- all all tech- the trailer stuff I saw looked really good. So good. So fucking good. Oh no! I got pussy crawling all over me. Here. Yeah, I know. The, oh, kid, the, cat, the cat's been dying to get in, and I knew we were wrapping up, yeah. so I was like, "Finally, I'll just let her in, so she'll shut the fuck up." But uh, yeah, like I said again, I can't say it enough. I highly recommend this movie to anybody. Watch it again. Watch it again when it comes out in theaters. If it's still in a theater near you, go get it. Go watch. I it. absolutely want to see it. Have a drink. <laughs> if you get paranoid, if you get paranoid about high, do not get high before watching it. I was gonna say, gra- grab some of the uh, the Appalachian sipping cream banana pudding and have you a good night. Mm. Sponsor us. <laughs> Bottle looking good, fellas. <laughs> Tongue in that thing like it was a booty hole. <laughs> But guys, if, if that's you, what you're into, <laughs> if you have any recommendations for us, if there's any movies you think we should watch and do a review, definitely let us know in the Discord. Uh, the guys, uh, well, Chris has been paying a closer attention for Cryptic Conspiracy Cult. If you guys have any recommendations for that, make sure and leave that in the Discord. Or if as you want well. me to come to your house, yes, he'll come to your house, and I'll record with you. Whether you like it or not, he'll come to your house. I hear you breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram. I've now made accounts for both the Couch Potatoes and um, Cryptic Conspiracy Cult. Maybe at some point, if I can talk Chris into downloading Instagram, I'll just hand over the accounts to him and he can just use those. That's ran by the reptilian cabal with Dr. Pepper and George Washington's corpse? No, I don't think so. Oh, man. And I think that's about all the promos I got for us. Uh, Of course, the merch store is live. Link is in the episode description. I will hopefully have a new test of those pint glasses I've been threatening forever because Dustin received a pair and the black was blue. And I'm Mm. like, what the fuck? fuck <laughs> so i sent printful a message they're like oh yeah yeah that that had to have been wrong what we'll, we'll send you a replacement so i've got another test coming to my place mm. to take a look at so hopefully if if uh they, they're able to prove themselves and it is true that their printer was just running low on ink i'll make them available on the site a print company ran out of ink yeah i'll be goddamn well the, still gotta swap out ink cartridges yeah, but you got to pay attention to finished product. <laughs> yeah, I know the the quality this check picture on that one doesn't look like pass. the one on the glass. I'm not trying to be out here being an asshole. Oh no, no, I'm I agree. To, I'm not trying to make you know, hey Lois, where's my Batman glass? But like, you know what I'm saying? It needs to be right the first time. <laughs> but again, if you have any recommendations for us, definitely let us know in the Discord. Link is in the episode description. And Chris, do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? <laughs> I'm trying to think, trying to think, trying to think. Uh, give me a second, don't talk. Give me a second, don't talk. Uh, Betty, I'm coming for you, you thick bitch. <laughs> You've been listening to the Something Good Network. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Instagram 
and check out the other great shows on the network. Link is in the episode description.